Welcome. You're listening to the podcast of First Church in Woodland, California, Pastor Timothy Wisnett. We're so glad you could join us. And we pray that this message you're listening to today is a blessing to your day. And I want to invite you also to visit us online at firstchurch.app to get connected with us and learn about our service and upcoming events. And uh, we hope that we can connect with you and see you soon. Let's turn in our Bibles. We're going to go to Philippians chapter number four. And uh, starting with verse number five, Philippians chapter four and verse number five. And I'm going to read through verse number eight. And uh, you would turn your way there. Scripture says, let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Amen. If you'd put your Bible down and help me pray, let's just ask that God would bless our fellowship in the Word together. Amen. Jesus, thank you for allowing us to be in your house and to be able to look into your Word, to hear your Word. Help us to hear it. Help us to receive it and be changed by it. Lord, we know your word is alive. We know that it divides our heart. It divides asunder. It cuts deep. And I pray that tonight that it would change us as it's described in the word, that you would shape us by your word. In the name of Jesus, everybody say in Jesus' name. And why don't we give a hand clap to the Lord one more time and just thank him for what we already feel in this house. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I want to kind of preach and, and teach, probably more teach uh, tonight. I hope that's okay, that if I'm not uh, yelling, that you can receive something from the word of the Lord, and uh, I hope that that's okay here tonight, and uh, I pray that this is a blessing to you. You're going to uh, my Bible study uh, tonight. This is something God just put into uh, my personal devotion uh, just the other day, and uh, so I want to share it with you. This was so powerful to me. I hope that uh, the Word will speak to you uh, to tonight as well, amen, because the Word of God is explicit. His Word is clear. He doesn't leave any room for, for, for error, but He speaks very clearly to us, amen. If we would just listen, if we would just open up our hearts to the Word of the Lord, He gives us advice relevant for today. Amen. It's a relevant resurrection. First thing I want to just remind you of, you you know this because you're here in the house of the Lord on a Tuesday night. It's that his word is relevant to you. Amen. His word speaks to all time, to every culture. Amen. Doesn't matter what language we speak. It doesn't matter what era we're from. It doesn't matter what technology exists in our in our day today. His word is alive and his word has something for us. Amen. And when Paul wrote to the Philippians church, he was not just writing to the Philippians church. He was writing also to us. 
all the way 2,000 years later, he was writing something that would be relevant for me today because back in that day, even in that day, Paul was looking for the coming of Jesus Christ. He was looking for his return. He saw it already on the horizon. The statement he used that I started with in verse number five is that the Lord is at hand. Amen. If you look at other translations of this verse, it literally is saying that the Lord is soon to return. He's going to come back soon. Amen. And I would argue that today we are closer than ever before. We have never been so close to the coming of the Lord as we are right now. Jesus said it in Matthew 24. He said, for nation will rise against nation. Kingdom against kingdom, there shall be famines, pestilences, earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. And he goes on, and if you were to read that list, that list, it just reads like it's the headlines today. You could be reading the newspaper if you're just reading Matthew 24. It's here. And it is, it is in your face, and there is a movement. There is a new one world order that's coming. It's not coming, it's already here. Amen. There is a prevalent wickedness in the world today. And it is in our culture, and it is ingrained in our culture so deeply today that it ought to shake us to our core. It ought to drive us to serve God with everything that we have. Amen? I don't know about you, but I don't want to be shaken off the boat at the very end of time, but I want to be hanging on till the clock reaches midnight. Amen? I want to be there at the very end of time. I want to see my Savior. I don't want to lose my prize. Amen? I don't know about you, but I'm not going to lose my prize over anything that this world can give me, but I've just made up my mind that I am going to serve Him with everything I have, because he is at hand. The Lord is at hand. But he's giving us an admonition there in verse number five, and it's, it's at the beginning of that verse when he says, let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. If we really believed and understood that the Lord is at hand, we would make sure that all men would see our kindness. We would make sure that all men would see the light that is within us. For Matthew 5, he said, So let your light shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Amen? And so we ought to allow that light. We ought to be a lighthouse. We, ought to, we can't put it under a bushel, as the Sunday school song says amen we, we got to allow it to shine out because the time is short time is running out there's only so much time left and because there's only so much time left that ought to drive us to allow that light to shine to allow our moderation to be known not just within the walls of this building but to all men somebody say that means everybody Amen. I hope you're hearing what the word is telling us here. It's pretty plain, and it's just a sentence. It's just two sentences long in that verse, that moderation that we have. Our lifestyle ought to be known of all men. 
you know, I have to ask myself a question. You know, our, I just be very honest with you here. You know, uh, us men, we, you, our dress, our attire is, is, is different and oftentimes maybe just the same as, as other men in the world, if we would be honest, you know. And so they don't see a difference just from our physical appearance. But do they see your lifestyle shining the gospel? Amen? Do they hear the way you speak? And that you don't speak like everybody else. Amen? They ought to see the Holy Ghost in us. They ought to see that inside of us. All men ought to be able to see what is happened, what has happened to us, how we are a child of God. I don't know about you, but I am just proud to be a child of God. Amen? And you know what? I talked about it last time I preached. I, I, the world could call me a lot of things, and, and, and the world could call other people a lot of things, but I'm just not real interested in those things that they can be called. Amen? I just don't really care much about the letters that could be after my name. As much as I care about being a blood-washed, apostolic, sold-out Christian. Amen? I've been redeemed, and I'm so glad about it. Hallelujah. This life that he's given me is better than any life. It's better than any amount of money you can earn. I'll say that again. It's worth it all to serve the Lord. It's worth it all to give my best to the Lord. It's worth it all to be pleasing in his sight. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, I'm the blessed one. I'm the one getting a good deal. Amen. You ever buy something and you just are grinning the whole time? Because they marked the tag wrong. And you're just smiling. You're like, I know what this is. I know what this is. They mistagged this, but I'm going to get a good deal. Because they put that wrong price on it. They should have added a zero. Bless God. But they forgot that zero. And you went to the register and they tried to tell you, no, that's not right. But you said, but this is what the tag says. And you got to honor what the tag says. Hallelujah. I feel that way about how, how, how blessed I am just to be in the kingdom. Amen. Paul said he, he felt like he was the least of the brother. I, I could agree with that. Amen. Just personally myself. And I'm not trying to give you a false humility or anything like that. I just legitimately wonder, God, why did you pick me sometimes for how I fall? But when I think about his mercy and his love, I've got to make it known. I've got to let it shine. I've got to live it out loud. I've got to let others see it inside of me because I got the best deal. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm the blessed one to serve him. It's just a blessing. It's an honor. It's a privilege to serve God. Amen. Because you could be out there on the streets still. But he saved us. Hallelujah. With his powerful hand. That, that, that stone couldn't stay on that grave. But Jesus got up and was resurrected. And the Bible says that he was the first of many. Amen. I've been resurrected. I've been set free. I've been lifted up. 
Amen. When I was buried in my in, in, in a waters of baptism and my sins were washed away, I didn't stay dead. But he raised us to new life. Amen. That is such a blessing. And we ought to have such a seriousness in our every single day like Paul had when he wrote this letter to the, the church in Philippi. He, he was telling them, he was encouraging them that God is coming soon. And because he's coming soon, you have got to let all men see your lifestyle. Somebody say they got to see it. They got to see it. There ought to be something in us that says every day I go to work, I'm not just going to work to work for my employer, but I'm going to work so that I can be seen of all men, so that I can make a difference in this end time because the door is shutting. Amen. And in this time, in this season, just like in the days of the Philippians, we also have challenges that we're going to face. Amen? We're going to face them. We're going we're gonna to have challenges. We're going to have issues. In fact, Paul wrote this letter while he is in jail, imprisoned, and on his way to appear before the Roman court uh, for, for preaching the gospel. He's in prison writing this letter to the church. And we're going to talk more about that church that he wrote it to in just a little while here. But you want to talk about challenges. He faced challenges. But what did he say to them? He said, also, be careful for nothing. Somebody say, be careful for nothing. Amen. What this really means is don't worry about anything. That's what it means. Don't worry about anything. But with everything in life, we should have prayer. Somebody say, prayer. Prayer is the first thing that we need. Amen? When you're facing challenges, just have a prayer life. Amen? That's our oratory expression of worship, if you look at the Greek word for prayer there in the Scripture. But it also says, coupled with that prayer, we should have supplication. And that's a fancy word that I don't read too often, so I studied that out. And what that means in the Greek is it means to petition the Lord. We ought to worship him, and we got to ask him. Amen? When we're facing things, don't be worried. Don't stress about it. Amen? But just worship the Lord and put it in his hands. There's no greater place to put your worries. There's no greater place to put your troubles in the last days than in the hands of Jesus. Amen. Because if we just put it in his hands, he can take care of it whichever way he likes, and we just don't even have to worry about it. Amen. And that's why I want to preach on this thought here tonight. And I, I, you're going to have to bear with me here. It's this thought, no worries. No worries. Amen. Now, I, I just got back from an island, okay, and uh, that, that's a very common thing they say on the island is no worries. In fact, I told my kids, because my kids are, are six years old, and uh, I'm, I'm probably going to talk about them for the rest of their lives over the pulpit, those poor kids. But, you know, they, 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 they have worries sometimes. They get upset. They, they're like firecrackers. They, like, just go, go off, you know. I, they clearly don't get that from their father, I'm just saying. But... Some, sometimes they have, 
Sometimes they have a bad reaction because they're six years old. That's what happens. Sometimes they have a meltdown is what they call it, right? And I, I gave a rule to my kids. I said, kids, we're going to an island. And we were, when we were on an island, we have no worries. So the whole time they get a little upset, I'd say, hey, we're on an island. And they'd stop. They'd look at me. Oh, yeah, we're on an island. And I said, what's my rule on the island? They'd say, no worries. And that was the rule. Amen. This is the rule that Paul was speaking in the scripture. It's not that we should be lazy. Amen. That's not what I'm talking about. But he said that we should be careful for nothing. Amen. In other words, we shouldn't worry about the stresses of life, but we should simply worship God and put it in his hands. Amen. If we simply worship God and put our request into God's hands, he's just going to work it all out. What, what other place could you put your worries in that would be better than God's hands? I know it's simple. I know we're just here, and you're, you're just looking at me like, well, yeah, of course I know that, Brother Garza. But do we really know that in the moment of our panic, in the moment of our stress? Do we live this? Do we live this out? Amen? Do you live this out? I don't know about you, but there are times that life's roller coaster has a peak, and it begins to face downward. And it has that moment, you ever been on a roller coaster where it's just like you're about to head down the hill? And you know it's going downhill, and it's going to go downhill real fast. Life ever been like that for any of you? Amen? I don't know about you, but I've had, I've had moments where I'm on the mountain, and then it, it's just a letter, it's just a phone call, it's just a text message, and you are in the valley. And you might be living on Sunday's miracle but then Monday comes, and the boss says, hey, I need to talk to you at 4 p.m., and it's 8 a.m. I feel my help coming. No. Anybody else a millennial in the house? That's stressful to us. If you tell me that you need to talk, just talk right now. I don't want to worry about it. I don't want to worry about it all day long. Just tell me now. Just tell me how terrible of a job I'm doing. And then it turns out to be a good thing. Ain't that like us? Is that like anybody in the house? Amen. Not Sister Priscilla because her boss is in the room. Amen. But, uh, you know, uh, I'm sure he never does that. Never. But things get stressful and we begin to panic. But Paul said... Prayer, supplication. And prayer is that worship to the Lord. And supplication is that petitioning, saying, God, I need your help. And that's all there is to it. And I found it so powerful here that in reading this, that, that you know, Philippi is the very region where Acts 16 in your Bible occurred. Okay? And the Lord in that chapter spoke to Paul to go to Philippi for the first time and preach the gospel there. And uh, the Lord spoke to him, said in Macedonia that, that, that he saw a vision that there would be a man who's saying, come, come. And, and he saw this vision, and so, so he went to this area. 
And so he met some believers there, and he stayed at a convert that they had, their first convert named Lydia's house. And there was this, this woman, as they began to have prayer meetings and, and found the church, there was this woman who was possessed of a devil. She had a spirit on her. And she would follow Paul around and just annoy him. Literally, to where at the point the Bible says that he got fed up with it, and he rebuked the spirit out of the woman. He said, Get, come out of her in Jesus' name. Amen. What power he had. Praise God. And so this spirit came out of her. Well, guess what? Little did he know in this city of Philippi, the city officials did not like what Paul just did because they were making money on this demon-possessed woman. So would you know, Paul gets to a city and starts founding a church, and he ends up in jail. This is like what happens to him every single time in the Bible. It's like a broken record. And he ends up in jail, and he's with Paul. It's Paul, and it's another believer, another preacher of the gospel named Silas. And this is the famous scripture in your Bible when at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed, amen, somebody say they prayed, and they sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them, hallelujah, what a powerful scripture that is in your Bible, that in the midnight hour, in the inner jail, they weren't complaining, they weren't stressing, you see, they began to just do what they knew to do. They prayed. They put it in God's hands. And they began to worship him. And who would know that the Bible tells us that suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. Every prisoner in the prison their bands were loosed and the doors were open because the earthquake that the Lord sent because of their worship. Amen. You have a song, even in your adversity, that can witness to others. You got a song to sing that can even set somebody else free. But are you singing your song? Are you lifting up your voice or are you complaining? Hallelujah. Or are we praying to God and just putting it in his hands and worshiping him anyways? Things might not be working like I think they should be, but I'm just going to praise the Lord. I'm just going to sing my song. I'm just going to do what I know to do because I know my God will take care of me. Let me tell you something so powerful. God put them in that prison so he could set those prisoners free. God put them in that prison so that they could save and baptize the jailer who was about to take his own life. That happened in Philippi. Paul was in prison and Silas was in prison, but they made the right decision. So powerful to think that there's sometimes God puts us in the prison 
so we can be a witness to others. Amen. I don't know about you, but I've just decided that I'm going to glory in my tribulations. I just decided that I'm going to just rejoice in my trials. I just decided that, you know what, maybe I ought to allow my light to shine so that somebody else can hear the gospel who could never hear it any other way. Hallelujah. Maybe God has put you in that position just even this week so that you can be a light to somebody, so that you can be a witness to somebody, so that your song can move them. There's a lost and dying world, and they're listening. They're bound in their sin. They're locked up in chains. They're locked up in prison. But they still have their hearing. And if we stand right beside them and we complain, we could miss our miracle. But if we get to stand next to them, and you'll sing your song. Amen. I loved it at a waking conference when they sang a song. I got a song. I got a song. I got a, I got a song. It's personal. Amen. There's something inside of me that has to cry out to God. There's something inside of me that has to give him glory and give him praise. And when we do that, that's when people can be set free. That's when somebody can hear the gospel. It's when we have an encounter with them. It's when we're sometimes even locked up, it seems. Even when the odds are against us, I believe that we serve a God who's working. We serve a God who can move through your situation. We serve a God who can use you no matter where you stay. Hallelujah. We got to look at this different. We got to have a different mindset that says, you know what? God's just turning around. God's just doing something through this. God is just working in my situation. What I love about Paul is he had a personal credibility and conviction in which he could write this letter to the Philippian church. Oh, Jesus. He wrote these words not as just words on a paper because he had already founded this church from a prison. He had already founded this church from the inner prison. Amen. Where God worked a miracle because of his worship. God worked a miracle because of his prayer. God worked a miracle because of his faithfulness even in the prison. He wrote these words not empty. He didn't write these words as just ink on a paper. But he lived this for himself. For he allowed his light to shine. He allowed his song to be heard. No doubt the believers knew how their church was founded who received this letter, including their first convert, Lydia. And the scripture says so interestingly that the brethren, there were brethren there when they departed those coasts. When he left that city from that missionary journey, there was a church there. And that church knew what Paul had faced. Mm. 
so powerful. The amazing thing is what Paul said that we are promised as well. Because we can see the emotions that Paul went through. No doubt he was afraid. And I'm quickly coming to a close. I'm not going to be much longer if you want to come to the piano already. The amazing thing is what Paul said we're promised. When we allow our light to shine and we don't worry, but we just have prayer. When we worship the Lord, amen, we put it in his hands. He said this, he said, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. What happened to Paul when he just put it in God's hands and he just worshiped God? God gave him something in return. He gave him peace. I'm so glad I serve a God that gives his peace. I'm so glad I serve a God that sends his heavenly peace to us. Oh, Jesus, do you feel what the Lord is doing in this place? I believe you can have some peace today. Amen. If we just have the right mindset, if we just have the right form, if, if we just have the right heart to worship God, he will allow us to experience his peace, even in a troubling situation, even in a prison cell. Hallelujah. I believe Paul and Silas, as they began to lift up their voices in worship, the prisoners could hear the emotion in their voices. They didn't just sing a song and it was just hollow, but they sang with conviction and they sang with emotion because they felt the peace of God come over them. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful for his peace. And that's where he says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Think on the positive. Hallelujah. There's a mindset that Paul and Silas had. There's a mindset that the Apostle Paul was trying to teach his church. It was that don't focus on the negative. Oh. Don't worry about all that stuff. Don't get all don't get so preoccupied in all the junk. If you got problems, if you got something happening, and I don't know if anything's happening. I, I, I just felt to, to teach this tonight. I hope this is okay. Amen. But you, you don't need to focus on all that. You need to focus on how great your God is. You need to worship your God. You need to put it in his hands. Knowing that he will send his peace. Amen. Hallelujah. Matthew 6 says this. And it's our focus scripture for the year. And I, I, I think I've, I've said it on every single service that I've taught and preached this year. He says, therefore, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness 
and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. How powerful that even Jesus, as he taught on prayer, that he taught this as well. That we should not worry. Somebody say, no worries. Jesus was telling him, hey, I know what it takes for you to be full. I know how much food you eat. In fact, I have the number of hairs numbered on your head. I know how many fell out in the shower drain. Ladies, apostolic women of God, your husband knows too because he has the zipper. Okay, I'm sorry. I shouldn't be funny. He knows everything about us. So why are we so worried about where we're going to eat? What are we going to drink? What kind of clothes are we going to wear? He said the birds don't toil. The lilies don't toil. They don't fret. They don't worry about where they're going to get their next meal, how they're going to grow, how they're going to have enough water. They just, God just takes care of them. He just takes care of his people. How much more? How, how much more are we worth than a bunch of sparrows? Is what Jesus said. You're so valuable in his sight. You're so precious to God. He loves you so much that he bled and died on a cross for you. With his own blood, he bought us. What a mighty God. What a loving God that we serve. And I want to leave you with this thought as you stand to your feet here tonight. I want to leave you with this thought. You know, in in sales, they they try to give you something called a value proposition. If you've ever worked in sales, they, they want you to have something that gives value to someone. And that's what you want to sell to them, right? And one of those that they, that they commonly teach is something called peace of mind. So they say, if you buy our Kirby vacuum, you're going to have peace of mind because your, your carpet's going to be so clean and your kids aren't going to be breathing that dust. So you have peace of mind. You can have peace of mind. Any product, they try to sell you on that peace of mind. And I fear that sometimes as being God's creation, we try to self-medicate uh, ourselves. We artificially try to give ourselves peace. What do we do? We, you know, do something that makes us happy or we try to block it out or try to repress it or whatever we do. We try to make ourselves have peace. But why, do, why would we do that as a Christian? He gives his peace. And the peace we can artificially create for ourselves can never be like the peace he gives. I'll never forget years ago, I read this book from this preacher, and he, he talked about how, how after, I believe it was his wife had passed away, that the peace of God just rested on him. 
And he literally told God, he said, God, why, why don't I feel this weight? And the Lord spoke to him and said, because I'm, I'm giving you my peace. And the Lord said, I'm going to lift my peace from you for just a moment so you can feel the weight. And so it did. It lifted from him. And he said he collapsed and just fell to the floor with just such a, just a, such a depression that just hit him. And, of course, he asked God, God, you, you just send that peace again. He didn't even realize the peace he was walking in. And he was even puzzled and confused by it. I, I want to tell you, God can give that kind of peace. You know this. God gives this kind of peace. All we got to do is put it in his hands and worship him wherever we find ourselves. Amen. Could it be that God is trying to use you as a testimony? Could it be? that we are just inches away from somebody who's listening? Could it be that there's somebody in your life who's listening to what song your life sings? Hmm. That's what I felt so heavy the Lord convicted me about. Is there somebody around you who's hurting and in such pain but we're just trying to make our own peace. We're just trying to get out of it. No, when God wants to use us, amen. I believe the peace of God is here in this house. And I want to open these altars if you want to come and find a place to pray. I believe that he can send his peace. I believe that he can strengthen us in this house. I believe that he can renew somebody with such a strength to face tomorrow and face what they're, whatever situation they're in. I believe that our God can renew his people. Amen. If you'd lift up your voice and lift up your hands, let's just ask the Lord to fill us with his spirit. Why don't we just worship the Lord and practice right now? Oh God, I give you this situation. I put it in your hands knowing that you're mighty. That there's nobody like you, Jesus. Oh, God, you're able. You're able. You're able, Jesus. I trust you, Jesus. I trust you, Jesus. Oh, I trust you. It's the situation. Thanks again for joining us for this podcast. It's such an honor that we could have you, and we pray you were blessed by the word today. We want to stay connected with you, and so give us a follow on our social media pages on Facebook or Instagram. You can find all of those on our website at firstchurch.app. You can also stay connected with us through that uh, website, and you can download it as an app on your phone from there. And so until the next time, we pray you're blessed. Have a great week in Jesus' name.